Hi, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board-certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic is one that I've actually wanted to record for about a year, but it took me a while to feel confident enough to be able to share tips. Today, we're talking about peer reviews. If you've never tuned in before, my name is Nicole. I work as a BCBA part-time at a center for children with special needs. And by far, the most stressful thing I've done as a BCBA is to go to a peer review. Now, I was a special education teacher for six years before I moved to a center, and so I know I have a lot of people that tune in that know me from that world. So in case you have no idea what a peer review is or how insurance even works, I'm going to give you a brief snapshot just to kick off this podcast. But I want to make one thing clear. I am by no means an insurance expert. I only work with a small handful of insurance companies, and you'll find that what I'm talking about can really differ depending on what insurance companies you work with and where you live. Some of what I say is not going to be applicable to you. So remember, when I say, quote, insurance companies, end quote, I am strictly referring to the insurance companies I have experience working with. That being said, I'm going to share a little bit about my experience working with insurance and then some tips I think can be applicable to anybody that has to work with insurance. For my clients, I write treatment plans. So if you don't know what a treatment plan is, think about it the same way you look at an IEP. Your treatment plan covers assessment, progress on previous goals, new goals, proposed goals, your transition plan out of ABA services when it's time, the service time you're requesting, and more. It's a document that summarizes everything related to the family and the child. For most of my families, they are seeking for ABA therapy to be covered by their individualized insurance plan. So as the BCBA, I write that treatment plan and I submit it to their insurance. From there, the insurance company will review the plan and determine if they'll pay for services. Usually, there'll be a case manager on the insurance side that I coordinate with to get plans approved. I have four main things that typically happen when I submit. In the best case scenario, insurance companies say, your plan looks great. Move forward and just resubmit to us in either 6 to 12 months, depending on that insurance company. Option two, sometimes the case manager will have a simple question. I can either call in and answer it, or sometimes I can even send an email. They can adjust the plan and then approve it. Sometimes the case manager will have a whole list of questions and they might actually say, you know what, go ahead and withdraw your plan, try and fix these areas and then resubmit it. Sometimes that's maybe my goals didn't make sense or they want tighter criteria for something or they say, you know what, I think you need to have a separate goal to address this area. Those are quick fixes that take me a couple of minutes to do, but then I can just quickly do it and send the treatment plan back. The last thing that happens is the peer review. This is the worst one. This is when there are numerous concerns about a plan, and it's more than just me fixing one or two things on my end. In my experience, I usually see a peer review happen when I'm asking for an increase in services, 
If the child does not appear to be making adequate progress or the child is getting older, if there are major behavioral concerns, something like that. I'll have to go to a formal meeting. Sometimes with a BCBA-D, that's a doctorate level BCBA that is contracted by the insurance company and I basically have to pitch my plan, explain why services are necessary, and then work with that person to get the plan approved. These are really stressful scenarios because I'm in a meeting with people that don't know my client. They've never met the child, never seen them work. They don't have a picture of who the child is beyond what I've written in my document. I have to convince this person that my client really does need therapy, and I need to have all of the data and information ready to back me up. I've had to go to a couple of different peer reviews with different insurance companies, and I've had vastly different experiences at each one. But overall, I came up with five tips that really helped me when I do go to these meetings. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to make these quick, short, because I always want my podcast to be snapshots, but I hope that it's helpful, especially if you're in the same scenario that I keep finding myself in. Tip one, have your answers ready. I know this might sound silly, but not only have your answers ready, but have them written out. So the first time I was going into a peer review, I did have a chance to talk to the case manager prior, and she listed about eight different things that were noted as a concern. And she said, you'll need to be able to talk about these when you go into the peer meeting. I looked at the list and I said, you know what? I know the answers to all of those because I know my kids like the back of my hand. So I thought, no problem. Spoiler alert, big problem. When I got into that phone call, I was so nervous, my mind blinked. I stumbled over answers. I didn't answer them clearly. And I really sounded like I had no idea what I was doing. I learned a lot from that process. I now take any questions that I know about ahead of time and I actually write out my answers. If I had something from an assessment or progress from a previous goal, I had that ready to share. That way my brain doesn't have to try and think of the answer. The answer is already sitting in front of me. I found that this helps me communicate more clearly and streamline the meeting. Like I said, the other person doesn't know my client, so usually I can just very clearly explain things and the answer can satisfy them on their end. They again might tell me to reword a goal or maybe suggest different criteria, but we can usually work through that together in the meeting. My second tip is to go back to your treatment plan and absolutely, positively ensure that you can link every single goal back to a core deficit of autism. This is one of the biggest flags that not only I get, but the other BCBAs at my company have seen as well. Our insurance companies want to see that every single thing that's being done in ABA therapy relates back to a core deficit of autism. Sometimes when I have more of like a life skills type goal, that can get flagged because it doesn't directly relate to one of those core deficits. Sometimes I need to reword the goal to be able to link it back. Sometimes I really just need to be ready to defend it. And again, when I know exactly how each goal relates back, I can smoothly answer when I'm asked. That can help push the goal through. Confidence is your friend. My third tip is to basically have an elevator speech that summarizes what's in your assessment. For this example, I'm going to be talking about ABLES just for conversation's sake. So I will have submitted the treatment plan and an updated ABLES chart, which has the scores from the most recent assessment as well as scores from previous assessments. That's color-coded by dates and has a clear visual display of progress. It's very easy to read, but I was shocked at how many times the person hadn't read the documents that I sent in. 
they wouldn't have even looked at the ABLES chart. They was, this would frustrate me. I took the time to prepare it for you, but I finally realized that I just needed to be ready to go. So instead, I basically summarized everything that was in the chart so I can quickly spit it back to them, especially if the concern is the child isn't making enough progress. I also find that everyone is super busy, so if I can make this process speedy, the other person appreciates it, and they're more likely to approve. My fourth tip is practice, practice, practice. Have a fellow BCBA read over your treatment plan and see if anything sticks out to them. If you have a list of questions you know you're going to have asked, ask them to ask you those questions so you can practice your answer. Make sure that you're confident in your client, their progress, and their needs. Remember, you're the person coming to the table that actually knows the kid. You're going to go in there and you're going to prove to this other person that your kid needs those services and you're going to get them. These meetings are intimidating, but you have the upper hand by having immediate access to the child that you're getting services for. Always remember that. And then my fifth tip is corny, but it really did help me when I started to shift my mindset. When I go into these meetings, I try and view them as learning opportunities. I ask as many questions as I can. I seek clarification, get recommendations on assessments, or ask to help reword a goal. I try and pump as much information out of the other person as I can. Now, definitely fill out the person. If they're being really sharp with you, you don't want to annoy them because that's going to be counterintuitive to trying to get the plan approved. On the other hand, if you have a chatty person, use that opportunity to learn. It will show them that you're passionate about creating strong treatment plans and it'll help you have a better plan next time. I literally did this with a BCBAD and he was so excited that I was asking him questions that he helped me rewrite several sections of my treatment plan and said, listen, they're always going to want to see it written like this, so write this down. Once I unlocked that, I pulled out all of this information that I now was like, okay, this insurance plan wants me to say this. And once you know exactly what the insurance company is looking for, you can adjust your plan to meet that expectation and it's going to be easier to get approved next time. I've had this happen time and time again. I hope these tips are helpful. These meetings are scary, but they're necessary for working with insurance. Be open, be confident, and know that you know the child better than anyone else on the other end of the phone. These meetings do get better over time, and each time you go through the process of submitting to insurance, you become a stronger BCBA. Insurance sucks, but you got this. Best of luck, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.